Look with me, please. In the book of Psalms, in the 69th Psalm, and uh, we'll look in verse 20. 69, 20 says, Reproach has broken my heart. I'm full of heaviness. He went on to say, I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. How many know you can come up short looking to men to help you out? The Amplified said, I'm full of heaviness, and I am distressingly sick. Over what? A broken heart. We know that heartbreak is real. And when you talk about marriages, many people have experienced difficulties in marriage, separations, divorces. Many did not get back together. Some have been divorced numerous times. And whether it's you dated somebody for a while and, and broke up, or whether it's, it was 30 years and you divorced, heartbreak is very real. And uh, it can affect in so many negative ways. It starts really young. I know uh, my first experience of heartbreak, I was in the fifth grade. (laughs) And with apologies to my wife, I didn't know her yet. (laughs) There was a a girl, a little girl there that that I had... uh, gotten friendly with. I mean, there was not a kiss involved. There was no hug. There was, I think we talked a couple of times. (laughs) Briefly. (laughs) And uh, I'd, you know, notice her if we went to class. But uh, she said that her parents were moving away. And uh, I remember the day I came home and I was hurting. I thought, they can't move away. We just started talking. (laughs) But here's another revelation. I don't at the moment remember her name. (laughs) So I obviously recovered. (laughs) And then a few years later, of course, I met Phyllis. And that was all over then. But I'm just saying it's real. And if you're your young ones, you know, don't mock them and make fun if they say that they uh you know they their heart hurts and and uh you think, well you're too young to care about that. Just you know Take a moment and pause. You used to be a kid too. Be honest. Rewind a little bit. And the thing is, it's very real to you. And since it's the first emotional pain you felt, the enemy tries to convince people, teenagers and even other people, that nobody in the world has hurt like you are hurting. Of course, it's a lie. But it's why many have committed suicide. Deception. 
and lies and a hurt that was so real and a hopelessness of getting past it or getting beyond it. Now it's just as real whether it was fifth grade and you only talked to somebody a couple of times or whether you're teenagers and you've been dating you know, for years and then the, the tragic breakup or you were married for 20 years and, and divorced or you were married for 50 years and they just went home and now they're not with you. You can, you can sense that absence and that hurt. What is heartache? Why does it happen? What can we do about it? It was real and strong to me. I remember that day when I came in from school and, and I, I went in the kitchen of our little house and I felt so sad. I think I cried. But thankfully, Mama had some peach cobbler. <laughs> Fresh on the oven. And that helped me through. <laughs> I had a couple of big bowls of peach cobbler. And uh, watched the program and took a big sleep. And in and, and a couple of days I felt better. <laughs> now why am I saying this? Because if that teenager that took their life had done that, they could have found that they could have got over it too. The devil lies to you, tells you that you are not you without them. That you are not whole Without them. And that you can't have. A life worth living. Without them. Why would you come to the place. Where you are so hopeless. You just want out. You believe there's no future. There's no happiness. Ahead of you. Only pain. So you want to get out. Everybody say lies. 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 If they could have just had an ice cream and take a nap. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Make it through that first day. Right? And then make it through the next and put one foot in front of the other. Give God some time. Give him an opportunity and some time to help you. How many believe our God can do anything. Come on, do you believe he can do anything? Is there any hurt? I'm not talking about physical pain now. I'm talking about emotional and heart. Is there anything too hard for him? No. No. Now, look with me in Ezekiel. The uh, sixth chapter talking about God himself. Ezekiel 6, 9. He said, they that escape of you shall remember me among the nations, whether they'll be carried captives, because I am broken with their whorish heart, which has departed 
from me, and with their eyes which go a whoring after their idols. Let's just stop right there. Who's talking here? God. He's broken. A revelation we need to get a hold of is that God is a whole lot like us. Now when you say that, a lot of people, they don't like that. They think, mm, no, no, no. Well, are we like him? So we're like him, but he's not like us. <laughs> that can't work. If I hold up two of these chairs and I say, this chair is exactly like this chair, but this chair is nothing like this chair. <laughs> that cannot work. Are we or are we not made in the very likeness and image of the Almighty? Then we are a whole lot like Him. Minus the distortions and perversions. But if you study the scriptures. God has what we might call feelings. He gets mad. He can be sad. He can be grieved. Right? Here he says their actions have broken. They they broke his covenant and it broke his heart. And what was going to happen to them? Broke his heart. He cares about them. But he can't change his word. When he told them out there at the giving of the law that if you do this and you go after idols and all this stuff, this stuff's going to happen to you and the curse is going to happen to you, he's released his word. It ain't going to change. He doesn't want to see it happen to him, but that's the way it has to be. He cannot lie. He doesn't change. Doesn't need to change. Perfection doesn't need to change. But uh, this is very real. But how many know, on the other hand, the Father has not been incapacitated (laughs) because of his being broken? He hasn't been where he can't function. (laughs) What does it mean when somebody says, my heart is broken? It's true that your heart can be hurt. Like with him, if you love somebody, if you care greatly for them, if you've given into them of your life and your being heavily, and they despise that and reject that and reject you and replace you and give their affection and time to somebody else, that's going to hurt you. I don't care who you are. I don't care how spiritual you think you are. God affects God. It's going to affect you. But here's the good news. Hearts can hurt. Even God's. But hearts can be healed. Hurting hearts can be healed. God can, I don't care what you've been through, God can heal you to the point that it's like you never hurt. It's like you were never hurt. 
But you got to let him heal you. I said you have to let him heal you because you can cause yourself to go on year after year and not be healed. What if somebody said, you know, man, I, I got a bad sore on my uh, elbow or on my knee. You say, bad? Yeah, man, look. Well, when, when did that happen? Uh, 73. <laughs> 73? <laughs> what would you think? Something's wrong, man. Is that right? Why? Help me out. You should have healed up a long, long, long time ago. Right? If things are right and things are normal, you would have healed up at least by 74. <laughs> Much less 84, 94, 04. One, four. How is it? You still have an open wound after 40 years. How is that possible? Because healing has not been allowed. Healing has been interfered with. Healing has been interrupted. Healing has not been permitted. Everybody awake. This is important. If you think, man, I'm doing great. I don't need this. You ain't through with your life yet either. Besides that, you might meet somebody next week that needs this. This is significant. I, uh, some years ago, I went to some friends' house, Phyllis and I, and their little little child coming running in, hi, 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 and and we hugged them, and, and I sat down on the couch, and it wasn't but just a few minutes. They came over and said, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, look, look, I, what they wreck on their, uh, their skateboard or something like that. They lifted up their knee and they said, look, and it was all bandaged up so nice. And they reached and got it and ripped it off. <laughs> and when they did, they ripped off all the healing that had happened for the last several days. And then they pulled it open so I could see how bad <laughs> it was. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I tried to grab their hands. They were too fast. And they're like, look, look, look. look. Oh, it was bad. I fell down hard. And, and, and they ripped it off. And I thought, oh, man. And they said, ow. And then they pulled it open. And while, the, while they're doing all this, I'm sitting there and, and, and trying to keep from laughing and, and, and screaming, at the, being squirmish at the same time. And um, the Lord said, pay attention. He said, this is what people are doing. And this is why they don't heal. They were hurt. And maybe even I ministered to them by my spirit. But they won't go a few hours, a few days. And they got to tell somebody about how badly they were hurt. And they relive it and they rip off the healing and the bandage and the scab and the healing that occurred and put them right back to zero. 
starting over again. But the enemy comes and reminds them of their hurt. And somebody else comes and asks them about it. And they tell it again. And they relive it. And they just keep ripping off the scab. They just keep ripping off the bandage. They just keep ripping off. You can do that spiritually for decades. But whose fault is it that you haven't been healed? Is it because God can't heal you? Is it because he's waiting? Now, friend, I'm talking about any. Maybe you were abused as a child. Maybe you were treated horribly as a teenager. Maybe terrible things were done to you. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it wasn't awful and terrible. But do you have to live with that all your life? No. I mean, you know, modern psychology will tell you, you will be scarred for life. It's just part of who you are. You just learn how. That's acting like God can't heal that. It's acting like the damage they did or the the pain you experienced is worse then God's ability can heal. I don't believe this. I've seen differently. We've seen a lot of different cases over these nearly four decades. I've seen people that have been through some horrible stuff. And I have seen them completely set free. It takes a miracle. But we got a God who just happens to do miracles. On a regular basis. It's what, he, it's what he does. Look at your neighbor and say it's what he does. It's, it's, it's what he does. It's what he does. But you've got to quit talking it. And reliving it. Unless you want to stay broken. Your whole life. And don't say I can't help it. Because it's contrary to what the scripture says. Go with me to John 14. Notice this. Healing is in the room. It's flowing over the internet. Healing is here. God doesn't want you emotionally scarred, your personality twisted. No matter what the sin, no matter what the crime, no matter what the shame, it is not greater than the blood. It is not. And it is not greater than the Holy Spirit. He can do whatever it takes. To set you completely free. But you've got to cooperate with him. You've got to do your part. Here we see. John 14 and 1. John 14 1. Jesus said. Let not. Now that's a strong phrase. The understood subject is you. You are not to allow. Your heart to be troubled. Do you see any parenthesis or brackets after that that says, unless, of course, you had a bad childhood or unless somebody treated you badly in a relationship or, huh? What did Jesus say? Read it out loud to me. 
What does that mean? What does that mean? Now see, millions of Christians, they will tell you they can't help it. They will say, well, I, I try not to, but then the memories come and the emotions come and I'm, I just become, you would be too if it happened to you. Then you don't believe this. If the head of the church is looking at you and says, calls your name, Keith, Phyllis, don't let your heart be troubled. And we're going to say, I try. I try, but it doesn't work. Really? So he doesn't know how bad it is that it can't be overcome. Skip on down. He says it again. Verse 27. He said, peace I leave with you. His peace is greater than any turmoil you've experienced. You can't get this. He said, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives. You can't find this in a pill. You can't find it in a bottle. You can't find it in a thousand therapy sessions. You can't find. Are y'all with me? But this peace passes understanding. And it is real. And it is here. It is here in this room. If you'll let it in. It'll be working on you the whole time I'm talking to you tonight. And you may want me to go longer so it'll keep working. But the truth is you can take it home too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peace I leave with you. My peace. Oh friend did you hear this phrase? The peace that the master walked in himself when he was on the earth has been given as a gift to you and me. And what fools we are if we don't walk in it. When it's been given to us. It's available to us. But here's. That's what he did. He did what nobody else could do. He gave us this. But what's our part? He says it again. In case you didn't get it the first time. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. The enemy has most people convinced they cannot do that, including many church goers. When they have feelings, when they have thoughts, when situations arise in their life, they just yield to them and believe, I, I could not have done any differently. You'd cry too. You'd fall apart too. Some things are just more than you can handle. Lie. Not true. Not true. There has no temptation taken you. But such as is common to man. God is faithful. He won't allow you. To be tested. Pushed. Tempted. Above your able. He'll always make a way of escape. There's a way out. Of every situation. A way out of the distress. And the pain. Into total victory. There's a way out. But if you believe there's not, if you believe you can't be any different, you're stuck. You're stuck because you don't believe what he said. You don't believe what he said. It's true. Heartache is awful. But 
we know the heart healer. We know him who can heal any heart of anything. Come on, somebody say, I know the heart healer. I know him. Hallelujah. I know him. I've hurt before. Just like you. I've cried like a baby. Holding some family member when they didn't see the results they wanted to see with a child. I've felt the pain. So many different situations. You can't be in the ministry, a real ministry, for nearly four decades and not see some things and hear some things that are painful. The world's full of pain. It's terrible. And we're in it. And it's all around us. But we're not from here. (laughs) We are not of this our name, the words polytnuma, we get our word politics from the Greek word, polytnuma, our citizenship is in heaven. Our name's written down on the roster of citizens. You got property there. They're working on it tonight. And the tribulations of this life are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. So what we got to get is some divine perspective on these things. When I was in the fifth grade and the little girl moved away, I thought that was a big deal. But my world was pretty small. And affected significantly by peach cobbler. <laughs> now you're laughing, but we've been reading in 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, thought like a child, spoke like a child, experienced, one says felt like a child. But when I grew up, Are we supposed to grow up spiritually? Are we supposed to grow up emotionally? We are. We're not supposed to be so easily hurt. You can be hurt, but you shouldn't be easily hurt. Everything should not irk you or hurt you. If it does, you won't be used too much. You just can't handle it. Man, if Phyllis and I would have taken the opportunities to get offended... And quit. We've had many of them. Well, we've had some people talk bad to us. And treat, treat you bad. There's been some of that. Thank God not too much. But. I had to learn. You, you have to learn. Or it'll just eat you up. Taking everything. Everybody says. To heart. And thinking about it all the time is being dumb. It's just letting the enemy completely distract you and disrupt you. Because there's people everywhere 
who have no concept of spiritual influences. And they will say anything the enemy brings across their mind. Not even know what they're talking about. Might not even half mean it. But they'll say it with conviction. And the enemy wants to use it to then try to penetrate and hurt you. But if we let that happen on a regular basis, again, you know whose fault it is? Not the people saying the bad things. What are you talking about? Go to Ephesians. You need a scripture. I know we're not running the aisles yet, but you need all kinds of ministry. What's happening tonight is hearts are being healed. Believe for your brother. Believe for your sister. Right? Different parts of the building are, are there are a lot of people watching online. Maybe their, their faith is a little weak, but you can add your faith to theirs right now tonight. In fact, I want you to do it. Just, just release your faith. Just close your eyes and say, Father God, I'm asking you, minister to my brothers and my sisters in this service, outside this building, wherever they are. Healing, healing and restoration, restoration. and wholeness, and wholeness. In, their heart, in their heart, in their emotions, in their, emotions. In their, mind, in their mind, and their bodies. In their I'm asking you, I'm asking minister, you. To minister to them powerfully by your Holy Spirit, by your Holy Spirit. doing what only you can do. I ask it, I believe I receive it. I expect it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Said out loud, it's happening. It's happening in Jesus' name. It's happening. Healing is happening. Heart healing is happening. In Ephesians 6, are you there? Finally, my brethren, verse 10, Ephesians 6:10. Be what? Be weak. (laughs) In your flesh. Be a whiny baby. Huh? I've heard people say, well, I guess it's just my my prophetic bent. I'm I'm very spiritual and I'm very sensitive to things. And so uh, people's words hurt me easily. Oh, honey. That ain't being spiritual. That's being a baby. Ain't got nothing to do with being spiritual. It's the opposite of being spiritual. Do what? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And put on the whole armor of God. We're not supposed to be naked in this fight. We're supposed to have some things on us, protecting us. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the what? Wilds. The trickery. The schemes. Now this language is figurative that he begins to describe the pieces of the armor. This is not figurative. Figurative. 
The actual attack is in his subtlety, in his craftiness, in his trickery. We, we must resist the wiles of the devil. What's the opposite of resisting it? Receiving it. Or yielding to it. Resist it. Don't receive it. Verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. People are not your biggest problem. The devil will tell you they are, but it's the influences around them and through them. And some of the meanest, most cruel, most terrible people there are on the planet. You get them saved, get them cleaned up, get them filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of the best people you ever want to meet now. <laughs> like you. <laughs> and me. How many of us said we were not okay before we got saved? Is that right? Uh, nobody. I don't care who you were, how you thought you were. <laughs> uh, religious people are some of the meanest people on the planet. Without God. Man, they will kill you. They will hurt you. They will steal all your stuff. And give you scriptures why it's okay to do it. <laughs> They're the meanest people on the planet. Give me a sinner who knows they're a sinner. Any day over a religious con. At least you, you can work with that. You know what you're working with. <laughs> Keep going. Verse 13. Wherefore, he says it again, take unto you. The whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand are the things you got to stand against in this life. You must not just let it hit you and let it get in you. You must do what? Resist it. Stand against it. He says having your loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate. Somebody say breastplate. What does a breastplate do? If something, a weapon were to get through, instead of just piercing into your chest, it's going to hit that breastplate. So it's not going to injure your internal organs. What if a breastplate's not there? Look at the next. Your feet shy with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all. Somebody say above all. Above. Taking the what? Shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We won't go on, but if fiery darts penetrate you and hurt you and do damage to you, especially as a believer, especially as a believer who should know a few things, what happened? Where was your shield? How did they get in you and hurt you like that? Because you laid down your shield, you pulled off your breastplate, and laid there and cried. And felt sorry for yourself. And buddy, the enemy lets you have it. And these things are not just firing towards you, they're piercing you. They are piercing you. When you grab yourself and go, oh, oh, that hurt me so bad. That hurt me so bad. Why 
didn't it bounce off? Being uncovered, unprotected. No, everything that people say and do does not have to penetrate us, does not have to hurt us. Things should just spring. You should be like Superman. (laughs) Here it comes. Oh, they called you this. They called you that. They called you the other. They talked bad about your kids. Uh Uh-oh. That's when a lot of people will lay lay their shield down. They'll rip off. They say, you don't talk about my kids. Not my kids. No, you don't. You Now you're exposed. And now the stuff's going to get in you. We can't prevent things from coming against us. We live in a world full of the curse, full of devils and crazy people. You can't prevent things coming against you. You never have to let it get in you. Is that what Jesus was talking about? Don't let... Your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. That means you can prevent it from penetrating you. You can. But the only way you can do it is with the revelation of righteousness, who you are in Christ, and with faith. Elsewise, you're exposed. Without those things, you're open. You're exposed. And things won't just be fired at you. They'll penetrate you. And they'll hurt you. Tell me what's happening. Hearts are being healed. He's doing it. Come on, sit out loud. Close your eyes. Stir up your faith again. You're not just talking about yourself. You released faith for your brothers and sisters in other places. Sit out loud. Hearts are being healed now. The anointing is working. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to be healed. And we're not just going to wander through life naked and exposed spiritually. Let's put our stuff on. Right? You know, if you if you want to consider some and, and be subject to some negative comments, be a preacher on TV <laughs> and talk about jets <laughs> and healing and talking in tongues and gifts of the Spirit, but especially prosperity. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting how people, the things they can say, and how the enemy knew that if you'd let that in, that would hurt you. I care about the ministry, I care about handling the resources properly. It's holy to me. I care about representing the Lord and not misrepresenting him. It's 
It's big in me. It matters to me. And the enemy knows that. And so he'll, he'll get people to say things. Publish them. Put them on the internet. You know. But if you let things get to you, you'd have quit a long time ago. You'd have been so hurt. You'd have been so, you think, you know, you, you lay down your life and give your heart for people and do everything you know and this is what they say. And this is what they do. And I'm done. That's because you were weak. And it mattered more to you what people who didn't even know you said and thought than your God who called you and told you what to do. We're not going to stand before them after this life. We're going to stand before him. Is that right? Give an account of what we did. We should be more interested and concerned about what he knows than what anybody else thinks. I had a guy one time after I'd spoken, he followed me in the parking lot. I thought he was going to take a swing at me. He was so mad because I kept using the word rich. R-I-C-H. Did you know it's a Bible word? I kept saying rich, rich. He said, that's not right. That's not right. I said, which verse didn't you like? Oh, that made, that made him even, but it was verses. It was verses we were talking about. We made it through that unscathed. Another time a guy was following me down the hall. And he said, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like anything about you. I said, you just don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like me. I think that made him madder than the other. But so what am I doing? I was learning. I got to make a choice. If somebody says something bad about me, if I have missed it, I want to be willing to repent and get it right. But if not, I must not let the enemy hurt me and hinder me. Because all he's trying to do, you know, I'm mentioning some of these things, but you don't want to hear about that when I come to minister to you. You don't want me to have cried half the afternoon and felt sorry for myself and have no revelation and come dragging in <laughs> I've been going through a lot you know it's, it's hard you don't think I could anybody can all you got to do start looking at the wrong thing Listening to the wrong stuff. Reliving it all day and all night. That's all you got to do. Won't be long. That's where you'll be. But how will that help you? It renders the ministry ineffective. In the time I'm laying there crying. Feeling sorry for myself. I should have been praying. Getting revelation. Getting built up. Is that right? Getting something to minister to you. You don't want to hear about me being sad. Well, guess what? Other folks don't want to hear about you being sad. Either. They care about you. They'll, they'll tolerate it. But nobody wants you to come and rain on their party. And every time they see you, you're sad. And every time you say, well, well, yeah, but, well, yeah, but. No. There's healing. Somebody say there's healing. I don't care what it is. There's healing. God 
can heal anything. I don't care what you've been through. He can heal it. He can heal it to the point it's like it didn't happen. Is he that big? Come on, is he he that big? If that's true, why do you have to go years and decades and not be healed? Why? Why would you have to? Would you be waiting on God? What's he waiting on? How does that benefit him? Because the more broken you are, that's the less you're able to minister to others. It's like, it's like the other things. I mean, me being too sick to come to minister to you tonight, how does that help you? How does that help anybody? Us being too broke to have the lights on, how does that help you? It doesn't. Being broke doesn't help anybody. Being sick doesn't help anybody. Being broken in heart doesn't help anybody. We've all experienced it. But we don't have to stay there. We can be healed. We can be healed quickly. But a lot of things, we can even skip the whole process. Never have to be healed because we had our righteousness breastplate on. We had a shield of faith and the fiery darts were flying. But we were just behind it going, something going on out there. I keep hearing some dinging. (laughs) I feel some pressure once in a while, but it's nice back here. We're all good. It's coming against you, but it's not getting in you. And if it can't get in you, it can't hurt you like that. Can't hurt you like that. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. Is this good or is this good? I'm telling you, thank God it is good to be able to be healed. Go with me to Proverbs 15, please. Proverbs 15 and 13 describes what heartbreak is. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. Sometimes people say, well, I'm, I got joy in my heart, but I'm, you know, my face is sad. No, <laughs> sorry, it's not how it works. <laughs> but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. What causes this brokenness? Sorrow. The New Testament says the sorrow of the world works death. That's why it's so bad. You're experiencing death. But it's because of the sorrow you're yielding to. Especially young love. It can be true with older people too. It's definitely true with older people. Much of what people call love is obsession. It's not the love of God. Some have called it human love, natural love. But truth is, it's not really love. And what goes along with obsession is the attempt at possession. People attempt to possess what they're obsessed over. And people get obsessed over other people. And our our literature, our songs are full of it. And people don't even notice it. 
I had to make her mine. <laughs> I'm going to make him mine. That's possession. And so when people, whether there was a split or divorce or a death, ever how it happened, when people are heartbroken, much of that can be sorrow of loss. Sorrow that I lost what was mine. Sorrow that I'll never get it back. The truth is, they were never yours. I said, the truth is, they were never yours, your possession. And the Lord tears is coming just a little bit longer. One way or the other, they're not going to be in your life. Every married couple in here, every engaged couple, is it a fact of life or not? Yes. Soon and very soon, one of you is not going to be here. And people say, well, I just, I don't think I can live without them. Don't say that because you're going to need to. Don't say that. It's not true. Millions of people are dealing with it every day. There are scores of thousands of people that die and leave this planet every day. Tens of millions die and leave this planet every year. It's just part of the part of what we call life. And you'll see people that are incapacitated and can't function because their dog passed on. Or their cat or their pet. Now understand, we got two little dogs we really like, but if you can't function because of that loss in your life, it's a revelation that that person, that pet, whatever, had a part of your heart only God should have had. And that made you vulnerable. Because the truth is, you do not require them to be complete because you are complete. Am I quoting scripture or not? You don't require them to be complete and whole. That's a lie. We got to watch. About all the stuff we're hearing and seeing in movies and shows and books and songs. People think it's so great, it's so romantic. Examine the words to songs. Notice how many times it says either dying or going crazy. It's everywhere. About dying, I die without you, I can't live without you, or I'm going crazy, driving me crazy, crazy over you, right? I mean, see, here's the thing, the devil is so subtle, he's convinced even the church that that's harmless. Why does he want to get dying and going crazy in your mouth? 
Because words matter. And you say it enough and you sing it enough and you declare it enough and you decree it enough. You're setting yourself up for some hard times. They're not yours. Your possession. They never were. You get to be together. For a little while. You are with me. We should treat each other. We should treat each other like. One of us is not going to be here. Real soon. Because that's reality. If we go another 20 years. Another 30 years. Another 40 years. Another 50 years. It's going to come so quick. And go so quick. And if you say, well, I, I'll just be heartbroken. I can't live without mama. I can't live without daddy. I can't live without my husband. I can't live without my spouse. Yeah, you can. Millions are doing it. Amen. Right? Amen. And believers should not sorrow like those who have no hope. Right? Because we know we didn't lose them permanently. They just relocated. They just departed. We're going to see them very soon. Very soon. But besides that. I'm not who makes you whole. You're not who makes me whole. It takes more than that. It takes him. Oh somebody say him. 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 And if I got enough of my heart in him. And he's got a big enough place inside me and in my heart. Oh, friend, it's an anchor to your soul. And don't misunderstand me. People you love as they come and go and as things change, people can disappoint you. People can betray you. You'll feel it. You may shed some tears, but you're not going to go under. You're not going to be incapacitated. And if you do get hurt, you're going to get healed. I said you're going to get healed. You're going to get healed. You're going to be okay. You're going to be better than okay. You're going to survive. You're going to do better than survive. You're going to thrive. Not because you don't care. It's because you're not just a mere mortal. You're a child of God. You got the greater one inside you. Hallelujah. And you got a healer that can heal anything. Everything. Somebody say, I believe it. I believe it. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Colossians 2.10. Let me make sure everybody knows what we were just quoting. Colossians 2.10. It says, and you are complete in him. We used to sing a little chorus, but I'm complete, complete. Complete in him. I am complete in him. (laughs) Somebody say. I'm complete. Complete. Complete in him. Yeah but without them. I'm just not. That's the world. Don't believe that lie. But I, I just don't know if I could make it. Don't say it. Bible didn't say you don't know if you can make it. It said I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. How many are believing to live a long time? That's almost everybody. Long time. Didn't the Bible say with long life? 
I'll satisfy you. Show you my salvation. How many are saying, I'm, I'm believing to live a long time. Guess what? You're going to a lot of funerals. If you live a long time, you're going to outlive a lot of people. Your friends, your co-workers, your relatives, you're going to go to a lot of funerals. Do you have to stay broken? Man, if they're a believer, it's shouting time. The reality is stunning of where they are. What's going on? It's not a fairy tale. It's real. It's real. My dad went home to be with the Lord several years ago. And the Lord let me go see him. You know I wouldn't stand up here and lie to you about something like this. I didn't see the throne room. I didn't see the master. I sure would like to. I didn't see the throne. I didn't see the father. I just saw this one area. And I just knew he was there somewhere. And I went down this throughway, Looking for him. And there were people. All around. Doing things. And it was. It didn't seem to be any roof over anything. It was like it was open. But there was activity all over. And everybody was happy. And I found my dad. And. Uh, it. It is so awesome to hug people that you buried their body a while back. That is awesome. We just, we stayed hugged up the whole time. It's just so wonderful. He looked so amazing. Last time I saw him, he was older, had lost most of his hair. What was left was white, white and thin, a lot of wrinkles. Not now. Not now. He look, people say he looked like a million bucks. That ain't enough money. He, he looked better than that. His hair, jet black. It was like, you know how, blue black, that kind of thing. And man, he looked, I never saw him this young. He was my dad. I didn't know him when he was that young. He looked so amazing. No weakness. No deterioration. No age effects. None of that. That's real. I said, that's real. I knew it was real because I saw it in the Bible, but I've been there. I saw him. It's real. Why should I grieve and sorrow over my dad? After that experience, I couldn't work up any grief. (laughs) Don't you miss your dad? I'd like to see him, but I sure wouldn't want him to come back. He wouldn't want to come back. I'm going to see him, you know, the Bible said with the Lord, a a thousand years is like a day. So a whole lifetime would be like a couple of hours. So how much more time till I see him again? 20 minutes? I can hold out for an hour. This is not fantasy. This is reality. And when we live in the truth, it makes us free. We don't sorrow like people who have no hope. Oh, we got feelings. We'll feel it. You might miss them one day. You might shed a tear. But when you know the truth, you don't wallow in it. And you don't just hurt year after year. Because that'd be believing lies. That'd be rejecting the word. 
Somebody say, I believe the truth. I believe the truth. And the truth makes me free. Makes me free. Makes me free. Go please to 1 Corinthians 13. And let's talk about how the heart is healed. How the heart is healed. How can you mend a broken heart? In the world there are no answers. People hurt and they continue to hurt. And people have all kind of sayings like time heals all. It's not a scripture either. Truth is you can hurt worse after 20 years than you did before. If you yield to the wrong thing. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't believe all the stuff that unbelievers hold. If you want different results, you got to believe something different. And you got to do something different. And not let your heart be troubled. And not let it be afraid. It's our choice. Many don't believe it, but I believe what Jesus said. If he said don't do it, what does that mean? I don't have to do it. With his help. I can let the peace of God rule in my heart and mind. What heals a broken heart? 1 Corinthians 13, let's just read the whole thing again. Though I speak with, well, actually it begins in the previous verse. Back up to the previous verse, 12, 31. I show to you a more excellent way. What's the more excellent way? The love of God. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. I don't really care for that. The King James on this. The Young's literal translation says. Have not the love. It puts an article. The love. Because it is. The love. So I want to read it like that. And I don't have the love. The love. I've become a brass sounding or a, a simple tinkling. Okay we went to the literal. That's all right, stay with it. If I have prophecy, know all the secrets and all the knowledge, if I have the, all the faith so as to remove mountains and have not love, I'm nothing. Keep going. If I give away to feed others all my goods, if I give up my body that I may be burned, have not love, I've profited nothing. The love is long suffering, it's kind. The love does not envy. This includes if somebody leaves you and becomes a partner with somebody else. Love doesn't envy him or her or them. The love does not vaunt itself, is not puffed up, keep going, does not act unseemly, does not seek its own things, does not seek its own. Can you see this? They're mine. Well, a, a spiritual person knows they were never mine. Nobody ever has to stay with you or stay around you. If you cease to appreciate them, you're in danger of losing them. Being thankful is what qualifies you to keep what you have and get more. To him that has, 
shall more be given. To him that has not, he'll lose what he has. What he has will be taken away. Well, if you read the whole context, it's about appreciating what you have and using what you have in the right way and to the full measure. So uh, being unthankful is one of the worst things that can happen to us in life. People say, well, you have to do this and you have to do They don't have to. Yeah, but God said. They don't have to do what God said. Nobody has to do anything for you. Ever. Nobody has to. I found some years ago a great key to happiness. Would you like to know? It's It's a good one. When it comes to people doing things for me, I purposed. Expect nothing and be thankful for everything. Say it out loud. Expect nothing. Now, I'm not saying I don't expect anything. I'm expecting a lot from God. I'm talking about getting my eye on somebody. Because God don't have to use them. He can use whoever he wants. But expect nothing and appreciate everything. That means if I'm not expecting them to do something and they don't do it, I'm not depressed. Because I wasn't expecting it. And if they do do it, I wasn't expecting it from them. So I'm thankful. So it keeps me from being depressed and helps me to be happy. Not depressed, happy. This is good. Now you're laughing, but I'm telling you right and left all over the place. People, husbands and wives have so much trouble with this. She decided he was supposed to do this or he was going to do this and then he didn't do it. Oh boy. He expected her to do this, was sure, made plans based on it. She didn't do it. Oh boy. Disappointment, anger. And the truth is, they're not going to be in your life for very much longer down here. That's the truth. One of you is going to be out of here. Real soon. You want to treat them right. You want to act today so that you have no regrets tomorrow. I've seen people, bless their hearts, at the casket. Oh, I should have treated them better. Oh, I didn't appreciate them. Oh, I should have treated them better. Yeah, probably you should have. <laughs> What's that going to do now? <laughs> I didn't appreciate them. I didn't appreciate them. I didn't appreciate them. Well, it's a little late. My grandmother used to say this. Give them the roses while they live. <laughs> Instead of piling all roses on the casket. And they're, they're gone. They're not even there. Give them the roses while they live. That's a good word. Right? Keep reading. It doesn't seek its own things. It's not just focused on your mind. It's not provoked. It doesn't impute evil. Now this is a big deal. It's a short phrase in the King James. But if you look at other translations. Look at the Amplified please. It's uh, love doesn't insist on its own rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Now, now this is an accounting term. 
Like you keep a record of figures. The love of God, if you yield to it and grow in it, it causes you to be selfless so that if people do wrong to you, you don't even keep a record of it. You don't remember it. Maybe so, well, I, I can't help it. You can because you're made in the likeness and image of God and he chooses to forget our sins and iniquities. We can too. As an act of faith. Brother Hagin said one of his uh, church members told him one time, he's, he came, he, they'd been away for a few days and they came in and some ladies in the congregation had gotten into it and had a problem and they, they just got to the house and they were unpacking, you know, just, just walked in. And this late, one of the ladies was out there on the porch and she said, I just wanted to come talk to you before you heard about it because, you know, uh, I know you're going to hear and I, who knows what they're going to tell you that happened. But And she began to tell how the other woman had mistreated her and all the bad things she had done. And, and Brother Hagin stopped, you know, in the middle of unpacking his suitcase and he said, uh, okay, all right, when did this happen? She said she started counting one, two, three, four. He thought she was going to say, you know, a few days ago, it was like years ago. It wasn't that many days. It was that many years. Eight years. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. She, he thought she was going to say eight days. Eight years ago. He said, years? And when she said that, she said, oh, now, you know, don't misunderstand. I've forgiven her. But I never will forget what that old heifer did to me. (laughs) Yeah, he called her a liar. He said, sister, you're a bald-faced liar. He said, I don't recommend you pastor like I did. (laughs) That's, That's not forgiveness. What is that doing? It's It's tearing the bandage off. Whether the injury was actual or just perceived, the effect can be the same, but still, why should you still not be healed after eight years? Forgiveness is not based on feelings at all. It's by faith. That's when the Lord told his disciples to forgive, and if necessary, 70 times 7, that's when they said, Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) that's right where that verse is it has to do why because you forgive by faith offenses and injuries sins transgressions are compared to debts like money debts forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors to my sins you release it just like you would a debt somebody owed you if somebody owed you $1,000, you decide, I'm going to forgive them that debt. You get the paperwork, you sign it off, whatever, you say, here, you don't owe me. Well, if two or three days from then, they don't act nice to you, and you thought, man, or something comes up, you could use that $1,000, well, too late. You release that debt, no matter how you feel, you did it. And that's exactly what you do when somebody's done something against you. The Lord said, if you don't forgive them, I won't forgive you. This is serious stuff. So what you got to do is just by faith, you say, Father, in Jesus' name, all that stuff they did, I forgive them, I release them. 
They don't owe me anything. Not to make it right. Not restitution. Not even an explanation or an apology. They owe me nothing. And in your mind, you tear the paperwork up. And no matter how you feel next week or next month or next year, what what has happened? You have forgiven them. You have released them. Somebody needs to do that right now. Are you ready? If somebody closed your eyes, if somebody has done harm against you, somebody has hurt you, including your spouse, including your family, co-worker, minister, pastor, whoever it might have been, do you need to forgive them? Absolutely. If you don't, it's going to hurt you far more than them. So say it out loud in Jesus' name. name. All that they have done, done. whatever they have done, done. I forgive them. I release them. I ask you to forgive them. I hold nothing against them. I say, by faith, they owe me nothing. No restitution. No explanation. No apology. They owe me nothing. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the first step to getting healed. Hallelujah. Now you got to quit talking about it. Anybody wants to bring it up tomorrow, the next day you say, "Mm -mm. I don't want to talk about that. I've forgiven them. That's the end of it. Why? Because you got to let that stay closed up. You got to, you keep uncovering it and pulling it open and rehashing it, it's not going to heal. We've done that part and we let the Holy Spirit pour in the oil and the wine. Hallelujah. Love covers a multitude of sins. Let it heal. Keep reading. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention. Now that is being spiritual. Not this other stuff about I'm so spiritual, every little thing bothers me. That's the opposite. The more spiritual you are, if you walk in love like you can, like the Lord directed you to, your enemies will think you're naive. And that'll bother your pride. And that needs to die. That was better teaching than than you were amening at the... I've grown some in that area. Thank the Lord. I don't claim to have arrived. But there's been more than once that people have come to me and said, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, do you hear what someone said? What that preacher said about you? What this one said about you? I said, no. They said, they're talking about you. I said, no, no. How do you know? Because the truth is, one of the reasons we're told not to judge, we don't know what's in a man's heart. And we don't know how much light they have. Even though it may be obvious something, you still don't know their heart. And we're not to judge. Leave it between them and the Lord. Brother Keith, they were talking about you. Man, they, they tore you apart. I said, you don't, they didn't call my name. You don't know. I, I see it in their eyes. They're like, you're just naive. <laughs> no, I'm choosing to take no account. It's not about intelligence. I'm choosing. 
If somebody comes up and slaps you, it was close, wasn't it? <laughs> you, you need to say, what happened, brother? Did you stumble? You slipped and your hand fell across my face. What, what happened? <laughs> People say, you're, no, the Bible said, be innocent concerning evil. Is that right? Be wise concerning good. But see, this thing, people imagine themselves, I'm so spiritual, I have the spirit of discernment. <laughs> the, no, the gift of discernment is what people say. And that's, there is no such thing. There's discerning of spirits. Not this at all. I have the gift of discernment. And what they have is the gift of suspicion. <laughs> oh, I discern they're talking against me. Oh, I, you know, somebody's back there talking about meatloaf and they glanced over at them see there they looked at me just then they're talking about me here's a revelation people are not thinking about you all the time people everybody's not talking about you they have other things they're thinking about (laughs) it's really you know thinking too much of yourself That you're so important in everything you say and do that people are focused on you. Lies, lies, lies. Truth is, people go days at a time. You never cross their mind. (laughs) And when they, a lot of people, when they did hear about it, they just didn't care. They immediately went on to something else. No. So why, even if somebody is doing some things against you, why let it penetrate you? Say it out loud. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Don't let it in. That breastplate of righteousness, that shield of faith, and let those zingers bounce off. Keep your joy. Keep your peace. And when you're doing it right, people will think you're just kind of slow. <laughs> they think you're not too smart. Because they, don't they see? They're scheming against them and talking. And you just go, isn't it a wonderful day? Hallelujah, I'm on my way. Woo. So, did you notice that? What? You saw it. But you're not going to yield to the enemy. Let him preoccupy your thoughts. Let him distract your focus. Let him get you off track. Come on, are you with me? Let him weaken you. Why? Because if the joy of the Lord is your strength, depression and a broken spirit is your weakness. And you must avoid this. And anything that will pull you down and tear you down, you got to stay up. Why? For the benefit of your family and your friends. They need you up. Come on, tonight, you need me up. Amen. I need to be up. Yes. Up. Yes. Strong. Yes. Right? Yes. Full of life. Yes. Full of faith. Full of, faith. Full of joy. Full of, joy. Full, of Full of peace. Amen. You don't want to hear about a bunch of junk somebody said? No. Did? You don't want me to wallow around and say, no. Pity me. Because it's pitiful. No. No. 
Help me, somebody. You don't need that. You don't want that. The world's full of that. Here's a revelation. Your people need you. Your people need you. Strong. Up. Faith. Peace. Joy. A lot of families, they don't believe in God. They're not going to church. They're not trying to develop their faith. They need somebody in the family believing something. You're it. You're it. If you don't do it, some of these cases, it ain't going to get done. They need, whether they know it or not, they need you. And they need you up. They need you up. They need you up. Hallelujah. Put on the truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the helmet of salvation. Shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Put on that breastplate. How many believe you got a good breastplate? This breastplate is a good breastplate. This righteousness, how thick is it? Mine's like six inches thick. It's something stronger than titanium too. Things just bounce off. They just ricochet. How about this shield of faith? It's a door size shield. I can put it down and have a picnic behind it. I can have lunch. While the devil's shooting at me. The big thing is don't come out from behind the shield. Don't look over the shield and go, what's going on? (laughs) I just feel so. (laughs) Shut up about how you feel. Stay behind the shield. Right? (laughs) Oh, my. This has grown on me. Trying to finish. Chapter 13, are you still there? What did he say? Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Skip down. Next verse. Keep going. The love does what? It bears all things. You might say it like this. Through all things. It believes through all things and over all things. It hopes and endures through all things. Skip down. This is all wonderful, but for time's sake, if I start reading these, I'll start preaching on them. Keep going. (laughs) Keep going. Now there does remain faith, hope, and love. I believe the Lord gave this to me. This is the triple cure. How can you mend a broken heart? How can a loser ever win? Faith, hope, and love. These three, and the greatest of these is love. Let's say somebody let you down. They betrayed you. They hurt you. You are loved with an everlasting love. And you are complete in him if you're not you can't be to another person what you need to be if you're pulling on them all that you got to give me you got to give me and they're pulling on you give me give me give me who's giving anything there's nothing to receive if nobody's giving anything but when you know 
how loved you are by the Father. Come on, somebody say, I am loved. I am loved. You're loved better than any being has ever been loved. Nobody, so like this, nobody's ever been better loved than you. I'm as well loved as you are. All of us are, but there are no beings that are better loved. We are loved. The, the Lord said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never let you down. I will be with you always to the end of the age. Hallelujah. Say that loud. I am complete in him. It's disrespectful to say you're not complete without other human beings. He intended that we appreciate each other and bless each other and help each other, but it's like saying what he is is not enough. And what he's done is not enough. You are complete. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in him and he's in you. And you're in him. You don't need more than that to survive and to thrive. Come on, somebody say, I am, I am complete, complete in him. When you realize how complete you are in him and how loved you are by him, it makes you secure in that love. You've got feelings, you'll feel things, but you won't be unable to go on if somebody else is not there. Love, the triple cure. Faith is one of them and love is one of them. And hope. We talked about people giving up and committing suicide. Why? No hope. They didn't believe it could ever be any better. But how quickly it can be. Phyllis and I have seen this in our life and ministry. Every time it looked dark and it looked like it wasn't going to work. And you'd gone as far as you could go. And the enemy's pressuring you so much to quit. I know one time I was believing for something that had been for years. looked like I was further from it than when I started and, and these thoughts kept coming to my mind. It's not working. It's not working. It's obvious. You're, it's worse than it was. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. It's not going to work. What are you doing? And uh, the Spirit of God, thank God for the greater one, he quickened me. He said, who do you think's telling you it's not working? You're believing me. You're speaking my word. You're doing what I tell you. You think I'm telling you it's not working? Well, who's telling you it's not working? I thought, that sorry devil. (laughs) Sorry devil. That's where that's coming from. And you know, he's a persistent cuss. Just bring it to you a hundred times a day. It ain't working. It's not working. It's not working. And then the Spirit of God said, why do you think he would tell you? That it's not working. I thought he's a liar. He's a known liar. So when he tells me it's not working. Why is he telling me it's not working? And why is he bringing it up so often? And why is it just keeps getting intensified? It's not working. It's not working. Because it is working. 
It's working so well, it's about to manifest and break out. And if he can't get me to quit now, it's going to be too late for him to stop it. Hallelujah. And that was the, that, that's when I got the song, Hold On. Hold on, keep believing, be strong. Hold on, hold on. It won't be long till your faith turns into sight. And sure enough, in just a matter of weeks or so, it did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It did. Came to pass. Glory to God. The triple cure. No matter how bad you may be hurting, can you believe there's a brighter tomorrow? Can you believe God can take you to a better place? I'm not talking about just leaving here, but a better place in your mind, in your spirit, in your life. That's why people decide they don't like you anymore. They don't want you anymore. And they leave you. Bad choice. <laughs> They're lost. People do that with Jesus. People do that with him. You know what he said? He said, if you love them more than you do me, you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy of what I tried to give you. Of what I tried to do for you. You got friends that will leave you at the drop of a hat. You need some new friends. <laughs> friends that turn around and talk about you over nothing. Don't cry. Were they really your friends? God gets you some better friends. You got the family of God. We're millions upon millions strong. You got the angels of God. You got the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, friend, just a few more minutes, we're going to be out of here anyway. Come on, you can keep it together. You can keep it together. And it's not just about whiling away the time. You're supposed to be doing something. You're supposed to be busy helping somebody build a kingdom. Is that right? Everybody. And that helps the time pass. And it keeps you from sitting at home feeling sorry for yourself. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, your mind, your body, your time will be occupied. And you won't be just open to the enemy filling your head and your mind with thoughts feelings, laying around. No, we got a lot to do. Before he comes, before we get out of here, let's see to it that we find our place, we function in our full grace, we finish our course, we run our race. Somebody say, so be it. So be it. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.